You are locked on Cougars. Welcome in to a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Plenty to get to ahead on today's episode. We are going to talk BYU Pro Day. What to take away from the five Cougars who worked out for NFL teams this past weekend. Also, we are going to examine who exactly is Emmanuel Lalo Waller. What is BYU getting in this four-star defensive end out of Alabama? We'll examine his film. And of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else that happened from the weekend in BYU sports. A lot happening, so we'll catch up on all of it coming up on today's episode. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups that you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. All right, without further ado, though, let's get rolling here on this Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 28th. 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Big weekend for BYU NFL hopefuls. We talked Friday a little bit. If you didn't listen to that episode, I'd encourage you to go back to it and listen to it. Talking about the fact that I think BYU is just getting started when it comes to building a true NFL pipeline under Kalani Satake's direction. I'm not saying that the last six or so years that he's been doing this haven't been laying the groundwork for it, but I think we're starting starting finally to see the fruits of the labor that he has been putting in along with his staff in terms of the overall development of players, recruitment of guys coming into the program. We do need to talk about a new addition to the recruiting class. We'll get to that here in a moment talk about Emmanuel Waller, so stay tuned for that here in just a little bit, but I feel like the best is still yet to come with regards to BYU and their NFL draft hopes. And what I mean by that is the talent that's coming into the program right now feels like it's at a higher level in terms of just overall baseline talent than it was earlier on in Kalani Satake's tenure. I also think that he as a head coach has really come along as a coach in terms of refining and just going about developing talent. I can remember back when he first took over that 2017 season it felt like there was an absolute darth of talent. And what I meant by that is is that BYU just didn't seem to have very many frontline guys at, at minimum to compete at a high level. But then beyond that, the depth was just not there. BYU has worked really, really hard at trying to build quality depth behind their frontline players. It's something that BYU realizes they get ready to join the Big 12. They need to have better backups, twos and threes behind their starters to compete at a high level. You cannot have the fall off that has existed in previous generations of BYU football, even earlier on in Kalani Satake's tenure. That drop-off when you go from a starter to a backup that seemed to be pretty glaring at points even as recently as a few seasons ago, that cannot exist if you go into the Big 12 or you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt and you'll be playing second fiddle or third fiddle to many of your division foes that BYU will be going up against. 
I believe that Kalani Satake has done an incredible job at developing the talent that has been brought into the program, and now BYU starting to really reap the benefits of having back-to-back double-digit win seasons. And you're probably wondering, okay, Jake, how does this relate to Pro Day and what happened on Friday? Well, there were five NFL hopefuls working out for scouts at the BYU indoor practice facility. Six, if you count, Baylor Romney, but Baylor was there mainly to throw passes to Samson Nakua as well as Neil Pau. He made it very clear that he is moving on with his life football doesn't figure to be a part of it I would imagine if some NFL scout at that workout saw him and liked his arm and looked at his film and said maybe we should give this guy a shot I would have a hard time believing that Baylor would turn that down but it seems like very much a long shot for any of that to happen but regardless right now the biggest thing for BYU is that these five hopefuls from this year's draft class need to go out and show what they can do now coming off pro day I don't think anything necessarily was absolutely something that was like, okay, that guy just earned himself an NFL draft slot. I still believe that Tyler Algier is a mid-round selection. He did nothing to hurt his stock or help it, it felt like, to many a large degree. Algier had 21 reps on the 225-pound bench press at Pro Day, also competed in the 20-yard shuttle with a 4.34-second shuttle, and the three-cone drill clocking a 7.09-second three-cone drill. The big star, if you want to count a big star among the group, was Samson Nakua. Great size, six foot three, 206 pounds, had some of the top numbers of the five players participating in Pro Day. He ran a 4.48-second 40-yard dash and a sub-4.5-second 40-yard dash. It may not sound all that quick, but you got to consider some guys who are getting first-round buzz. One guy that I absolutely love as a prospect, George Pickens, one of the stars for the Georgia Bulldogs, the national champions. George Pickens ran right in the same realm as Samson Nakua. Obviously, times at pro days versus times at the NFL Combine are always going to have a discrepancy, but I still think that sub-4, 5-second 40-yard dash is actually going to help Samson Nakua, at minimum in my opinion, make an NFL training camp, get a workout opportunity. He also had really good marks with a 32-inch vertical leap and a 10-foot-1 broad jump. 10-foot-1 broad jump is actually a measure of your explosiveness as an athlete, and as a wide receiver, 10-plus feet is actually a pretty good mark, so... Really, really like what Samson Nakua did. He also had the best time of the day, the three-cone drill with a 6.75-second uh three-cone drill. That would have ranked eighth out of all NFL Combine competitors and third among all wideouts. His 4.34-second 20-yard shuttle also would have put him sixth among all Combine receivers. So I think the numbers that Samson put up are going to draw the interest of NFL scouts. Obviously, they will go back and look at his film from this past season for BYU as well as his film for the University of Utah. And the biggest bugaboo that doesn't get tested at the NFL Combine with Samson is his injury history. He will have to answer questions with NFL scouts and front office personnel about the injuries he suffered, give them the details of the injuries, how he feels he's recovered from them. He'll go through medical exams, that whole thing. But the numbers he put up at Pro Day, I think really helped Samson Akua. Neil Pau had a pretty good day overall. He's not necessarily going to be the most fleet of foot, and that was proven in the 40-yard dash. He ran a 4.71 second 40-yard dash, so not a great time. But we all know that Neil Pau whose game was never built on speed. He's built more on his route running ability. I was surprised though. He measured in at just 206, uh, 205 pounds excuse me, for Neil Pau. I would have thought that he would have measured in a little bit heavier than that. And I have been of the opinion if Neil Pau really uh, wants to find himself a role in the NFL, 
he might have wanted to consider uh, moving to kind of that wide tight end position, play that wide receiver where you're a little bit bigger, weigh in at the 225, 230 pounds that most of us thought you probably weighed when you were playing at BYU and become that in the NFL. Maybe, I don't know. I, I just look at it, and obviously he was coming off an injury, and probably that precluded him from working out as heavily as he wanted to going into this pro day. But I still think it was a fairly nice day for Neil Pau. The thing will be, is he able to get an invite to a camp and show well enough that a team keeps him around to really show what he can do once he's healthy. Other players that competed include James Ampey. He measured in at six foot three, 297 pounds. Good size, good weight for him. And then Uriah Leatawa, who was a uh, Six foot two and change and 252 pounds. Each of them had 23 reps on the 225 pound bench press. Ampy would have been eighth among offensive linemen at the NFL Combine, while Leatow would have been fourth among the defensive ends. Both of them competed in drills, running the 40 yard dash, and all the positional workouts asked of them. I think that James Empey and Uriah Leatawa maybe have the longest odds of making an NFL roster, and Uriah particularly, because he has dealt with as many, if not more, injuries than Samson Nakua, and his numbers didn't necessarily jump off the page. James Empey is going to have to hope that his film from his four years as a starter for BYU will win over some team, and they bring him in with the thought of developing him as a backup center and a potential guard, but it's going to be a long shot, I think, for four of these five guys to hear their name called at the NFL draft. The good news is, though, I think all four of them have enough film and enough game that they will get an invite to compete for a spot with an NFL franchise. The odds are long when you're an undrafted free agent or just a tryout recipient to make an NFL roster, but all you got can hope for is to get that chance to show what you can do and hopefully make the best of it along the way. So we're going to find out. It'll be a long month in the lead-up to the NFL draft. It'll be taking place April 28th through the 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Looking forward to that and obviously we'll have coverage and lead up to that. I'm actually going to see what I can do to get some of these guys on the podcast to talk about it. A little harder to get guys who are dealing with agents at this time to get them on the show, but hey, we'll endeavor to do what we can in the lead up to that NFL draft. But my overall takeaway is that these five guys are continuing to lay groundwork for BYU's future pro uh, hopefuls. And what I mean by that is I said on Friday, I talked with an NFL agent who is not representing any members of the BYU class this year, but he believes that next year's draft class may be the best in almost 20 years for BYU in terms of the overall talent, the breadth and depth of the talent base that could be in next year's draft class for the Cougars. He is a big believer in a number of those guys and obviously Zach Wilson being the number two pick, that is a record for all BYU players, but the overall talent base that NFL teams will have to comb through next year for BYU's draft class potentially is going to be stronger and deeper than the 12 that came out after the 2020 season, and that's really saying something because that was a pretty talented class in its own right. I believe, what was it, five of those guys in that class of the 12 got drafted this year if two of the five get drafted that's a pretty good conversion percentage at 40 percent at minimum you're going to see 20 percent because Algier seems like he's a lock to get drafted but going into next year that scout or that not scout the the agent who I talked to told me that he believes that upwards of five six seven guys could see hear their names called in the NFL draft and I think that would just kind of set the groundwork for BYU continuing to be a destination for NFL teams to come and check out the Cougars 29 of the 30 NFL excuse me 29 of 32 NFL teams were in Provo over the weekend I would imagine next year if that draft class that talent that I'm talking about really comes to bear during the 2022 season 
you'll probably see all 32 teams back on campus in Provo, much like the hoopla we saw around Zach Wilson. Maybe not to the same degree where it's being televised on the NFL Network, but there's still a lot of talent to deal with and some good opportunities coming for BYU players. So overall, I think it was a pretty good pro day for all participants, and I got my fingers crossed for all these guys. They get their shot, and they make the most of it. And if they make a practice squad and have to bide their time there before moving on to an active roster, that's better than not playing football at all. That's the bottom line of all this. All right, coming up here in a moment, we'll talk about a guy who, if he lives up to his potential, could be one of those guys down the road who is a part of an NFL draft class. That is Emmanuel Waller. Goes by the nickname Lalo, which is actually an interesting nickname. We'll examine who he is. I had a chance to watch his film over the weekend. We'll talk about him in a moment, and of course, later on in today's show, we will round out the weekend that was in BYU sports, how to baseball, golf, softball, all the teams in action do. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Stat Hero. We all love and hate buzzer beaters if it's the team that you picked versus the team you didn't pick. The drama of it all, but what the pain is when you're on the other side of it and your team loses. Well, that's what happens this time of year when it comes to March Madness and all the tournament games. I obviously have had my bracket just blown to smithereens. It might be quite possibly the worst bracket performance I have ever had, and I'm being sincere about this. My bracket got just absolutely shredded. My Final Four was out before the Elite Eight. It's just... It's been an awful, awful year, but I'm hedging my bets this year with my friends over at Stat Hero with their NCAA single game pickums. We're getting down towards the end of this. Obviously, the Final Four in the National Championship upcoming this weekend, but the NCAA single game pickums that Stat Hero offers pits the star players against one another in an amazing hybrid between both fantasy and sports gambling. It helps you, the consumer, take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have the advantage on you. Start focusing on the players that you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props for you guys to win. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups that you can comb through to take on head-to-head. What it is, Stat Hero simply posts a set of players for you to take on with a set of players that you get to pick of your own choosing. It is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. And like I said, it's a nice hybrid between both daily fantasy and sports gambling. The sleek, simple gameplay will have you playing in just minutes. And this is what daily fantasy was meant to be, my friends. So get to their website, stathero.com slash locked on right now and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. You heard that right. They're matching dollar for dollar, whatever you deposit, that's stathero.com slash locked on using the promo code locked on for that 100% match. Once again, stathero.com slash locked on using the promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And BYU added another member to their 2023 recruiting class in four-star prospect Emmanuel Waller out of Chelsea, Alabama over the weekend. And this was an interesting one because I had heard long ago about Waller and his interest in BYU. And I was sitting there wondering, okay, what in the world am I missing if this is a four-star talent who's got Power 5 offers? What am I missing here? Why is BYU not offering him? And obviously, I think there's been a lot of angst from BYU fans about the lack of development, I guess, along the defensive line or the perceived lack of development is what I should clarify along that defensive line in terms of the overall depth and the talent base for the defensive line unit. I still believe this defensive line is actually going to be a little bit better this coming season than many might believe they are going to be, but that obviously has to be proven. And I think, and I'm trust me, I'm not alone in this because I had this opinion. I felt like this past recruiting class, especially the prospects BYU was targeting, targeting 
hitting along the defensive line were less than stellar. I was one, and if you go back to some of these podcasts around signing day, I was talking about the fact that I felt like the group that BYU had as defensive line prospects in the 2022 recruiting class was really long on potential, but super, super short in terms of overall production and actual play on the field at the position they are expected to line up at for the BYU football program. Is BYU hedging their bets with some of those guys? Probably, because I think they also understand that they can take maybe a risk on one or two of the guys while also having a very young unit along the way here, and hopefully one of those two or three long shots pays off down the road. I think adding a guy like the talent base of a guy like Manuel Waller, Logan Fano, who tore his ACL last week in an unfortunate incident, obviously is a four-star prospect in his own right. I believe that talent in the recruiting ranks will always rise to the top. The cream rises to the top. And BYU, as they start to move into the Big 12, needs to swing more and more for the fences with the talent base that they can go after now, being a Power 5 program. I feel like at times that BYU has kind of shied away from being like, I'm not sure we can actually get that guy. So BYU's coaches have said, okay, you know what? We're not necessarily going to go after this kid. We're actually going to take a shot at maybe one of these other dudes who is going to take the scholarship and we'll try and develop him. Emmanuel Waller is a good combo, though, because BYU gets a guy who is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and also is a four-star talent, and he has all the measurables you want in a high-level defensive player. Six foot four, 260-some-odd pounds, and untapped potential. You watch his film, and I watched it over the weekend, his huddle highlights. This is a dude who can absolutely get after it as a player, and he has a non-stop motor. That's the biggest thing about this, is he goes and goes and goes. He never gives up on a play. There were multiple plays in his huddle highlights, if you go and watch it, where he is trying to uh, bring down a player. He's getting blocked, in some cases a double team, and a player breaks free, and he just peels off of that block and starts his pursuit downfield. That shows you the type of motor that most guys have. There are defensive players who, when they, according in their mind, have accomplished their assignment, they go out there and then they just, like, you see him kind of ease up and they're like, okay, we're done for the play. And in this case, with Manuel Waller, it seems like play after play, he continues to pursue downfield. He does not stop playing until the whistle is is blown. That is actually a really, really cool thing to hear. And if you want to hear him, by the way, I'm going to plug another podcast right here. I would get over to Give Him Hell Brigham and listen to Recruit to Episode 1. Jeff Hansen, one of the proprietors of Give Him Hell Brigham, has renamed his recruiting edition of the podcast, that one side of it. It's called Recruit to goes off of his Twitter handle, Recruitu. I think it's a perfect edition, but he had a great chat with Emmanuel Waller. And if you want to hear some really unique insights on Waller, his background, why he pounced on the BYU offers so quickly after receiving it, not even 24 hours if I recall correctly, I would encourage you guys to listen to that podcast because I listened to it and I really felt like I came away learning a lot about what this young man is about. He really is a big believer in the BYU mission in terms of the overall aims and goals of BYU. And that's not all that atypical of young men who have grown up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Anybody who has been a member of this faith understands what BYU means to thousands and millions of people out there around the world. It's not all that different from a guy like me who grew up in Orem, Utah and wanted to go to BYU all his life growing up. And in this case, it looks like Emmanuel Waller growing up in Chelsea, Alabama of all places. Well, he's decided that BYU is where he wants to be. He has got a number of other Power 5 offers he could have taken up that are closer to home, but he believes in what BYU is doing both as a football product, but more importantly in his mind, it's more about the 
lifestyle and the overall aims and missions and the education he'll get at Brigham Young University. It was a really, really cool thing to hear. And if you can find guys like this, and this is not going to happen all the time for BYU, where you've got a four-star talent who's also a member, a faithful member of the of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and just absolutely craves the lifestyle that BYU brings to the table, you have to snap those guys up if you're BYU. The funny thing about this is hearing more and more about Emmanuel Waller, I'm just trying to figure out what the delay was in offering him a scholarship. Maybe there was some off-the-field issue that I'm unaware of. Maybe it was making sure that his transcripts and his grades were in order. Regardless, I am glad BYU finally came to their senses, gave him the scholarship offer, and also credit to Emmanuel Waller for taking advantage of the opportunity given to him to go to the school that is sponsored by his faith and be able to go play football potentially at a very high level. He will be a member of the Big 12 his entire career. He's going to play at the highest levels of football, and I think that's something that BYU needs to lean into more and more moving forward here. Go and swing for the fences, use that baseball analogy. Go after the four-star talents. I'm seeing more and more BYU is starting to do this, but I still feel like they can even do more of this. There are certain position coaches I still believe on BYU staff who are reticent to really chase the quote-unquote big dogs in the recruiting sphere that they probably having at least an interest in. I would go after it. Uh, it was a really cool piece by Dick Harmon for the Deseret News. He's done a lot of stuff on recruiting right now. Uh, well, there's a piece in here that said there was a quarterback from the University of Florida who called BYU just to learn what BYU's all about. Well, if you were to ask me, okay, University of Florida, a quarterback who is potentially transferring, that screams to me Emory Jones, a former four-star Elite 11 quarterback. Am I saying that BYU's going to bring in Emory Jones to the BYU football program? No, I'm not. But if a guy like that is calling you and asking for information on your program, trying to get a lay of the land, trying to figure out what BYU is all about, that screams to me that every position coach out there in BYU's, on BYU staff, excuse me, should be chasing everybody they possibly can. And even some guys, they're like, okay, that's probably a pipe dream to get him. But make the phone call. Reach out. See what you can do. See if they have interest. And then go from there. If they tell you, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, then you move on. But at least you made the you, you made the invite. You, you To use the missionary terminology, if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you made the effort. You were going after them. You, you made the first move. And if they don't reciprocate that interest, like I said, you just say you wish them well and say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Let's move along here. I think BYU can do more and more in the recruiting sphere. And I think slowly but surely, they're getting there. I hope that they get there very quickly because soon enough, it's going to be Big 12 football. Big boy football, as Dan Hawkins said. It's the Big 12. Yeah, well, guess what? BYU's joining that, and it's going to be a very interesting time moving forward for the Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a moment, let's talk BYU sports outside of football. How did things go over the weekend and the other sports that were in action? We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. I am the biggest fan of Built Bars out there. And I'm it's self-proclaimed, obviously, but I love these protein bars. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I would encourage you guys to give them a shot yourselves. And if the protein bar side of it maybe doesn't sound all that appealing, they have a really cool, I guess, alternative. And what they call is their Built Puffs. And what they are is they are one-of-a-kind protein-infused marshmallow bars that are so they're still covered in 100% chocolate. They're light and airy. They're soft and easy to chew just like Built Bars, but maybe not quite as dense. They're an 
absolutely excellent way to get your protein from our friends at Built Bar. The best part is all the bars are 100% delicious. As I mentioned, covered in 100% chocolate and the macros, they cannot be beat. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 or more grams of protein packed into each one of them. That goes for the Built Bars and the Built Puffs themselves. Flavors up and down the flavor profile. Some of my favorites include Cherry Barcia, the Banana Cream Puff, the new Brownie Batter Puff is absolutely phenomenal. If you want more of a chocolate kick with that marshmallow, give them a shot. Get to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Get enjoying the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. All right, before we go on this Monday edition of the show, let's catch up on everything else that happened over the weekend. Let's start off on the baseball diamond. BYU opened their series against number 19 Gonzaga in fine fashion with an 11-2 blowout win, but the next two games did not go the way BYU probably anticipated after that early win. They lost Friday night 6-3 to the Bulldogs and then lost the series finale 9-4 against the number 19 Zags, and that's a tough loss for BYU. That drops them to 12-9 on the season over they are now 2-4 and four in West Coast Conference play. They have an opportunity to get back into the win column Tuesday. Washington State comes to Miller Park uh, as the Cougars will take on the Wazoo Cougars before they head to Moraga for a showdown against St. Mary's this weekend. Hoping that BYU can have a good week here and get themselves at least maybe back to 500 in conference play or at least close to it with some wins at St. Mary's. But they started off with Washington State tomorrow. Across the way there at the Miller Baseball and Softball Complex, the women's softball team had a fantastic weekend at Gale Miller Field, sweeping Iowa State 11-3, to 5-0, and 11-7 in their three games over at Gale Miller Field. Fantastic showings for BYU. They will be off in the early part of this week, but then they will welcome New Mexico to Gale Miller Field uh, both Thursday and Friday. The Lobos, a former Mountain West and WACFO of the Cougars, come to town. Uh, those games will be on BYUtv.org and BYUtv if you want to watch them in action this coming weekend. On to men's volleyball they start off the weekend in fine fashion winning 3-2 to two in 5 sets over Pepperdine but then the next night Saturday night were swept by the waves so a split of the games over the weekend for men's volleyball I still count this as progress for the Cougars though they are sitting at 8-12 and 12 on the season they're 3-5 and five in conference play nothing has seemingly gone the way the BYU hoped it would but I think a split of those games against Pepperdine is a positive they will be back on the road this coming weekend as they take on Stanford at Maples Pavilion out there in Palo Alto, California, and they only have four matches left this season. They'll have their senior nights, I guess you'd call them, the final weekend coming up in a couple of weeks when UCLA comes to town for the Cougars. Actually, I screwed that up. They're off this coming weekend. They have a bye weekend this week, and then they're at Stanford, and then they finish up the week after that against UCLA. So we're a few weeks out from all this, but split of the weekend, that's obviously some positive momentum for BYU volleyball. Now, also men's golf. They had a good weekend going, it felt like, early on. The good one out there in Stanford at the Stanford Golf Course. They set in sixth place in the early part of this tournament, but a final day on Saturday, they faded a little bit, ended up finishing ninth in the tournament. Uh, BYU at four under par as a team. Had a really good opening round at 272. As I mentioned, they were sitting in sixth place, but their final round, six over par as a team, just sunk them. They sunk three places from that sixth place position after the second round, and to finish ninth, not bad. They finished in front of number 42 ranked Northwestern, uh, just behind UC Davis, Little Rock, uh, Washington 
Washington actually won the tournament. They had a minus 10 on the final day to take the tournament at 22 under par. But not a bad weekend for BYU golf. But yet again, in a final round, they slide a little bit. That's got to be a little frustrating to Coach Brockbank. They seem to have all season long started out tournaments really, really hot. But as the weekend goes along, it seems like they fade a little bit. It's a little bit disappointing in that regard. But hopefully they can regain some mojo moving forward as they get ready for their next round of action. So there you have it, my friends. That is everything you are up to date on everything that I could think of that you would want to know as a BYU fan. The track and field teams are in action over the weekend as well, both in Austin, Texas, as well as in San Diego. But I, I reading up on it, I didn't see necessarily anything that was like, ooh, that's super noteworthy. It was not the best weekend for the track and field team. So if you want more information on any of this, go to BYUcougars.com. Their sports information department is doing an incredible job making sure that everybody stays apprised of everything going on across the athletic department. And obviously, uh, we are having a lot of fun covering all things BYU along the way here. All right, before we go here, a quick reminder, or actually not a, p- a reminder, a preview for tomorrow. Going to have a great conversation with Miles Davis, the BYU running back. We'll get to that. We also have one that's in the queue as well with BYU linebacker Ben Bywater. It is the final day of BYU spring ball. What to take away from, I guess this will be practice 13, yeah, 13 of 15 today, 14 tomorrow, and then the final one on Thursday with also alumni day going on and the alumni game that you can attend out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Thursday night final week of spring ball we still have a lot to cover on that so stay tuned for those interviews recaps all that we have you covered all week long right here on the podcast now go make our friends over at the locked on nfl draft podcast your second listen of the day it's free and available wherever you get your podcast and they bring the draft to life every day covering all the prospects all the storylines how trades are affecting things all that it's all covered with the locked on nfl draft podcast all right that's going to do it for us have a great rest of your monday whenever you hear this this has been the locked on cougars podcast for march 28th 2022 and we will catch you guys tomorrow